Welcome, everybody. This is Pam at the Paper Outpost, and this is the Paper Outpost podcast, the joy of junk journals. And today, I'm very excited to I have a guest today, and it's Judy from Eclectic Journals. And I'm so happy that Judy is with us today. Judy is a bookmaker, an artist, and a storyteller. And let me tell you a little bit about Judy first, and then we'll all get to know Judy. Uh, my uh, Judy wrote this lovely passage to me, and I want to share it directly with you because her words say it uh, perfectly, and I don't want to muddle with them at all. So here's what Judy said. Uh, Judy said, My journey into junk journaling began about three years ago. I found my passion early in my life through fairy tales and storytelling. As a child, journaling for me had been a place, a book to use, a way to express and to create my short stories through art and words. I went on later in life to earn my degrees, which took me further into my journey. Hi, Holly. She's saying hello to everybody. She studied, um, I studied mythology, specifically Celtic. I have a master in arts in education, uh, or I have a master of arts in education and a master of arts in interdisciplinary studies, psychology and writing. Finding junk journals gave me an avenue to pursue my passion. I think of junk journaling as a place where old meets new, finding the old through the hunt, flea markets, estate sales, and thrift stores, finding the new through creating, using items to create a book that travels through time, making connections. And what's created today may find its way into the hands of someone years from now who continues the story. Uh, So I love that, Judy. Thank you so much. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy that you're here with us today. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Hi, Pam. I'm really looking forward to our chat today. Oh, this is fabulous. So happy to have you here. And if anybody is looking to find Judy, she can be found on Instagram at eclectic.journals, eclectic.journals, and uh, she's on Instagram. So, Judy, welcome, and um, thank you so much for spending some time. Uh, I I know that our uh, thirsty listener ears are eager to hear about how you got into junk journaling, so would you like to share a little bit about your story with us? We'd love to hear. Sure. I um, started junk journaling... Well, I I have always journaled since I was a little kid. I used to write in a diary, and then it grew into... um, I I went more of a a route of symbolism. I like symbolism and that kind of thing, and colors. And my father was a house painter, and my mother did a lot of crafts. So my dad did did colors back when they were raw colors, and you had to mix everything from scratch. Wonderful. So I I really was... I thought he was magic, you know? I see my dad doing this, and it's got to be magic, right? He can turn colors into anything. And and so it kind of started there and was fed there. And then um, as I got older and I started to journal I started more with the symbolism and I kind of went into a mixed media type of thing and oh, then nice. as so many of us do no matter where we're from I went out on YouTube <laughs> and <laughs> and I I I hope I say her name right but I was watching Martha Martha I believe her name oh was. uh uh small arts something like yes, that yeah, yes yeah. Marami small arts I think yes, yes, I started yes. watching her a while ago and then um the junk journaling came in when i i clicked on uh, amity bloom and oh, i thought oh my gosh she makes beautiful journals you know and then it just kind of grew from there i took my what i was already doing and mm-hmm. i the junk journals just it was like a finding home <laughs> oh. i just found a place to do everything that i love to do and and all in one place and tell that story so that's kind of how that came about 
I love hearing that. And uh, yeah, I, I, all those people that you mentioned, I, Amity Bloom, she has a great class. I took one of her classes. It was so inspirational to me. I loved it, loved it. And yeah. they all have such a different style, don't they? It's amazing. They do. They do. Yes. So, so what is your style? What, what, what styles or themes do you make? Or do you even use themes? Do you like, what do you gravitate to when you make it? I don't, I wouldn't say themes as much, but I, one of the reasons I call it my thing eclectic journals is because I'm all over the place. Okay. <laughs> I mean, all over the place. I will be, go out in nature and go, I'm going to make a nature journal. And then all of a sudden, you know, I see something else and I'm like, oh, I got to do this. So I, I've over time learned to kind of condense that. Mm-hmm. And I've condensed it into what I would call um, more storytelling. Oh, that was, explain that. I'd love to hear about that. Oh. Well, like the journal that I'm making now, and this one I'm making for myself, it's a King Arthur journal. And I had a book of um, King Arthur legend, the legend of King Arthur, okay. that I had picked up at a thrift store for like 50 cents. And it had some really pretty pictures in it. And so I, I picked it up with the idea of doing a journal. Mm-hmm. And so I started out with that story, and as I'm building that story, I'm putting my own ideas into it. And as I put my own ideas, that's what I journal off of. I like to write, so my my writing usually turns into um, ideas for a story, and then into a short story or a poem. But it grows out of that junk journal, and it grows in that junk journal. Oh, and nice. I, yeah, that the junk journal has really been. Um, I, I would compare it to like soil that you plant a seed in. It's, it's been where I could take what I love to do, put it in there, and watch it grow. And it's, oh, nice. It's, yeah. I so. can relate to that because uh, um, uh, that feeling. I always say the junk journal makes itself because I come in with this grand plan, and it never ends up where I plan. Oh. It always goes off in a direction, and, and I find I have more fun when I follow the direction it wants to go other than me trying to force it in a way I want it you know, with my original idea. So I kind exactly. of uh, hand over the reins. Even when you make like a mistake, like I've made mistakes in my journal, and I know we all do this, we've all just dropped the ink pad when we were trying to make the perfect page, right? (laughs) Or, you know, stuck our paintbrush in our coffee cup. I do that all the time, too. But (laughs) I lost my train of thought there, what I was saying. Yeah, when we make a mistake. Oh, when we make a mistake. And sometimes those mistakes turn into um, something really, really cool. I was doing some gel printing for a while, and I was fed up with it, okay, because it wasn't working like I wanted. So I just put the paint all over the thing, put my paper down, peeled it off, left it on the table, thought, okay, that one's going in the trash. I walked by it, and it looks like a fairy. And I thought, that is so cool. And that's kind of what you have to do. You just have to um, leave it sit for a minute. Sometimes you see it from a different perspective or these things just appear, you know? (laughs) I I agree. Um, If you give it a chance or come back and look at it from a different angle or another day, um, sometimes it just, even if you didn't do anything to it, it can look different on another day to you. Have you had that experience? I have. And often, (laughs) um, I had a, I shouldn't, I, well, I went to school for design, too. I've got a few degrees, but I early on, I went for interior design for it. Okay. And one of my instructors had said, um, and I thought this was the best advice ever, is get past the ugly points. She said, everybody's going to look at their stuff and say, this is no good. And mm-hmm. that's not simply not true. You look at it so often, you start to think, oh, and you pick it apart. You just need to put it aside and walk away from it for a minute and look at it from a different view when you come back. 
and you and, had a good instructor sage advice yes yes and so often it works because yeah, we, so we want to be critical of ourselves you know and you show it to somebody else and they go oh this is great you know yeah. i see that happen on on the facebook group where people don't think their stuff is good and i'll be like oh, this is fantastic you know so, so true isn't it and i i do you think it has something to do with uh, hi holly that's holly saying hello to everybody here and i have bribed him with peanuts here um <laughs> but um do you think it has something to do with the fact that the pages are it's almost committal you know the pages are in the book and, and we're decorating them if you decorate them when there are the book is already built and it's like it feels as if whatever I do to this page now I have to accept because it's in there and, and maybe people get freaked out because of that sense of commitment do you think uh, yes I I used to teach writing. I mm-hmm. lived out in Colorado for a while and I taught writing. And one of the things I used to tell my students, because they'd come in class and they'd go, I hate to write. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, you don't hate to write. You hate that you were forced to write. We're oh. not going to force you to write, but you are going to write. <laughs> <laughs> and they would write about themselves and they'd really, you know, write. And um, I think it's the same thing here is we tend to be critical of ourselves more, where we, we feel we're forcing ourselves to do it. And it's like, just relax enjoy have fun i love when you say create with reckless abandon because that truly is it just do it just create if you think you want to put you know purple and some other color together that you don't think matches put it together and see what happens because a lot of times you'll see something grow out of that i i am uh tickled pink that you are um thank you for that but i am tickled pink that you are a journaler by heart like you, you love to write and Yes, please inspire those of us who are not as good or uh, we've tried to write and, um, you know, I sit down there with the greatest of intent and I'm go- like last year I made a, uh, a year-long journal and I made uh, a signature for every month and I thought this is going to be the year I'm going to journal and uh, I made it to, I think, March 12th, <laughs> somewhere around there. <laughs> And then it just sort of petered out. And so what is it? Why does it, you know, capture some people's hearts so much to write? Others, um, maybe, are we missing something? Because I want to participate in all the fun, too, of writing. I actually used to enjoy writing when I was younger. I used to love to write stories and that. And uh, But now writing, to me, has uh, turned much more mechanical. It's list-making. It's to-dos. It's, it's things might, like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess if you're creative writing, like if you're journaling, mm-hmm. my thought is... Just like you, you create a page, just write when you feel. That's mm. what I do. I write my feelings. Um, my personal journals, like the King Arthur one is mine. Then there's ones that I make that go out into the world. But I don't let anybody see it. I treat it like a diary. I oh, write what I want to write and what I think and what I feel. And what's nice about that is you will write, let's say you're having a bad day and you write your feelings and they grow. Everything grows. It'll go and then you write yourself right into happiness. You know, you're, I don't feel good, but I'm going to make this page and I'm going to go watch Pam on paper outposts and all of a sudden you're, oh, Pam is, you know, because we can write. We write on the Facebook page and say, hey, Pam, we love your stuff. You got to do that with yourself and write down, you know, your thoughts and I don't want to sound cliche, but you almost do have to love yourself, you know. So I like this. This is mine, and if nobody else does, I guess yeah. 
or you know, give yourself a chance at least to express exactly right. exactly see what so, you have to say <laughs> it's interesting you brought up the diary concept because um, I have another little side hobby that I, I, I like to collect old diaries and it's, uh-huh. oh they're so fascinating I mean it's just wonderful to look back into people's lives from years and years and years ago and uh, see what they were writing about I, I have some from the 1800s and 1900s and um, I have this one where um, it was written by a uh, 16-year-old farm boy at the time of the Orson Welles announcement that uh, space aliens had come oh, okay. to the uh-huh. radio show, but it, people thought it was real. It really wasn't real. Well, he actually um, chronicled that time. And uh, oh, everybody's freaking out. Well, he didn't say freaking out. He said whatever they used back then. And uh, But he had uh, clippings from the... Um, articles and in the newspapers and everything in there. I thought it was so fascinating. Um, so do you ever think when you, here's my question for you, when oh. you uh, write your journals now as, as a, like to yourself and only self, do you think somebody maybe a hundred years ago or a hundred years from now might find it? And, and if they read it, maybe, but okay? then I won't care. Because in reality, I'm just writing about life. Okay. And they're they're probably going to read it and go, oh yeah, you know this this happens now too, like we do, like you're yeah, saying. Yeah. You read it; it's interesting. It's a current event yeah. for him, okay. <laughs> you uh, know. And now it's it's in our time. We have our own current events. So when I'm writing, I I hope that they read it years from now and get that human nature out of it. That's what I'm hoping for because I try to write my feelings. Oh, that's a perfect way to put it, about human nature. And that's, I think what we're also thirsty for, we're craving for, is to uh, feel that humanness in the book. You know, that, that part of somebody else. You know, I think, it's, I think it's something that really, I don't know, it just intrigues the heck out of me. I love that yeah, part. I think you're right, because when we, when we do and we connect with other people, that's what makes that, um, well, connection. Yeah, <laughs> and, absolutely. And it's why we read. We go and we grab a book and we want to, you know, we want to relate to it. We don't read a lot of what we don't relate to, right? I mean, that's, that's like, true. Yeah. So. Um, I love that. So, so you have your first journal? I don't. I made my first journal for a friend. Um, I had, I was in this book club online and she okay. had reached out to me. Um, we started talking and we became friends and then I found out her birthday was coming up so I thought oh, I'm going to make her a journal this will be cool so I, died, I dove right into it uh-huh. and um, I made the whole thing and then at the end I thought oh my gosh I got to you know, I got to put in the signatures and I was sure I was going to mess it up I was praying that I didn't mess it up because I didn't really think about what I was going to do if, uh-huh. if I sewed them in crooked or whatever but as it turns out they went in okay so um, yeah I sent that off to her and and that was my first one. Wow, that's really neat. Do you do you use a machine, a sewing machine in your journals, or do you do? I do. You do. Okay. No, I like my sewing machine a lot. I like to sew around the pages. I like, I like like what you did the other day where you sewed on the ribbon and that. And mm-hmm. I I like the sewing. I like the look. I I would say ninety eight percent of them I sew in. Unless, oh, nice. Yeah. And do you sew them? You, like individual sheets do you sew them that way or do you sew them once they're already in the journal well I sew on them individual sheets okay like, you know what I mean and then yep. like if I'm sewing something down and then I do the um, pamphlet stitch to sew my my uh, signatures in but I don't put my signatures in until the end I oh, actually okay. pick my papers 
have a crocodile now, which okay. is the best thing ever. I put my holes, I line up my holes where where I'm going to sew them in. Okay. I get to the paper part, and then I decorate because there have been times where I I just did it the other day with my King Arthur. I used it like almost a, um, a robin egg blue color, and I thought I don't like this. It okay. doesn't fit, so I pulled it out and set it aside for something else because there's something somewhere it'll fit. Oh sure, absolutely. Oh, oh that's neat. Okay, so you actually you make your signatures first, decorate them, and then put them in your journal. Is that how you? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. Unless. Unless I'm going to, I should backtrack on that. It depends. Because I did sew the King Arthur one together. And the reason for that is because I want to use it through the summer. And I want to carry it with me. Okay, so if I'm, if I'm using one that I'm taking with me, mm-hmm. I'll sew them in and decorate with it already sewed in. If I'm creating one that I'm sending out to somebody else and I have time to finish it before I sew them in, then I sew okay. them again. Okay, okay. And do you like to work with, um, are, are you late? Do you like to work with laces and things like that? Or are you more, um, I was not late. And generally people like one or the other or, uh, frilly, frilly foo-foo or no, um, no. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm frilly foo-foo. I'm more, uh, <laughs> I'm, I like lace. I like the look on the, I got the mythology thing going. So I like that old look, you know, you're going to get lace on the dresses and that kind of stuff. And oh, that's cool. so bringing that in, I, I do like that yeah but i i wouldn't say um like uh if you're talking shabby chic is that what they call it i've never yeah. done shabby chic i don't know if i could i don't but just because of, of what i do navigate towards it's okay. usually not those colors are you a heavy inker do you do a lot of vintage photo inking or is that not your style do you prefer not to use that no, I do a lot of that. I ink okay, around yeah. the edges like you okay. do a lot. Yeah, I think it looks nice. I think it finishes it off. Uh, so, uh, Do you like to work with stencils? Well, I had stencils. And there's mm-hmm. stuff that I have tucked away. And then I watched your video the other day with <laughs> the inking. So like I, I had my inks, you know. I've had them since I was watching Martha years ago. And okay. um, then you did that the other day. And I thought... This is what I love about your videos, too. I pull things out that I forgot I had. And I did oh, some boy. inking, and it's like, oh, I forgot I had this. And so my stencils came out, too. But um, I, I do get in a rut and of making certain things and, and, and forgetting that I have these other supplies. So, Join the club. <laughs> yeah. So the videos in that really help with that because that's what makes me pull them out. Sometimes you got to go back to, you know, watch those and see what other people are doing and just kind of experiments or, or you know I, I agree it's um it's, it's kind of crazy but uh i forget what i make you know and i have to admit i've had to actually go back and reference my own video to try and remember a technique that i did and uh-huh. like, this is crazy i did it how come i can't remember it so i'm thinking <laughs> if i can't remember it how's anybody else going to remember all of these things so um, i know exactly what you mean i was all with my spray inks the other day i was all excited like i just bought them for the first time and they've been sitting there for staring at me for a while <laughs> me too I've had spray ink forever and I finally you know just said okay it's time I gotta pull some of these puppies out and and when I get to using things it's usually because I start cleaning a drawer and I come across something that I haven't used in a long time and I think oh I, I need to play with this and it's almost refreshing to pull something out again that has been stuck in a drawer for a long time or a tool or some kinds of papers that I haven't played with um, I'll often because of space 
um, issues here. I'm always trying to condense things to the smallest space they will take up in my craft room. So I'll mm-hmm. rip the covers off of things. I'll get rid of any packaging, any um, ribbons, uh, things like that. I will take all the packaging off and I'll roll it up upon itself so it takes up the least space possible, which can take uh-huh. hours to do, honestly. Sometimes I'll just sit there for the entire evening and I'll just roll ribbon, you know? And of mm-hmm. course, the next time I go to make a journal, I'll use some ribbon and I'll let it all come apart and it'll, you know, I'll never quite get it back in that nice tight little roll and, and I'll just jam it back in the drawer and then, you know, there goes my space saving <laughs> idea. I know. I have the same thing. I have a smaller space. But well, my husband says it eats the house. You know how that goes. Oh, yeah. It just keeps oh, yeah. crawling out. The other day it was crawling to the kitchen and I had oh, to yeah. back it off. Yeah, tell but, me about your space. What is your crafting space like? Well, my, share that with us? my space is, um, I live in an apartment. So mm-hmm. it's, I have an L-shaped desk that I use for like an office desk. And mm-hmm. my sewing machine is on that. And then I have two tables, like banquet tables. That mm-hmm. would be in what would be our dining room, and then the kitchen starts. So uh, that's my space. I, I use that. And I think if I had a bigger space, I would just have more stuff crawling all over. So it kind of yeah. makes me um, rein it in a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I do the same thing you do. I put it in. I have those like plastic drawers so you can see. And I put the things I use the most, my stamps, my inks, my, all in those so I, I know where they are. And then... But I'll go back and start digging through stuff and think, oh, I forgot I bought this or I forgot I had that. In some ways, it inspires because I bought it for a reason to begin with. But yeah. I, I try to limit myself when I get to a certain spot to really not buy anymore until I use some of it. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Battle cry. Should I go and hunt or should I just use what I have, right? Exactly. Or you see something and you're yeah. like, like I, for a while, I started buying doilies. Oh, and then okay. I went... I don't really use a lot of doilies in my work. Some here and there, but not a lot. So I, I cut myself off from doilies right now. <laughs> I, I can totally relate. Me, it was uh, just fabric in general. I went on this crusade to get all this fabric from every Goodwill, uh, you know, whatever thrift store I could find at garage sale. And um, I have four giant bins of the stuff now in my garage, not to mention the stuff in my craft room. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could never make that many journals. You know, I, I've been thinking, what, why did I get all this? But um, I feel uh, like with every journal maker, we get to a point where we look and we go, am I a collector or am I a journal maker? Yeah, yeah. Or you know? Let's <laughs> <laughs> then you get down and you make a journal, yeah, right? Exactly. Somehow you feel better after that. It's like, okay, I used some of my stuff. Yep. I'm back in the world of a good person now, you know? <laughs> uh, so true. Oh, my God. So... Um, where are your favorite places to find stuff? I mean, when you do go out, you do uh, look around. Uh, do, is it the big box stores? Do you go to, you know, where's your favorite places? Well, I kind of do both. I, I like Hobby Lobby and mm-hmm. I like Joanne's. Mm-hmm. And I love Tuesday Morning's Napkin. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So those would be the places that I go that are more commercial. But I love the thrift shops. Mm-hmm. I, I, flea markets I really, really like. And yeah. estate sales sometimes, depending. So there, there's the two different things that I do, but that too I had to limit myself. You have to be careful when you're actually market involved. Right, right. And we're really yeah. limited now. We can't get out so much, so we're kind of more reliant on what we have at home. It seems like so. Hopefully right. we will get through our our piles of stuff more readily this year. Yeah. You know that'll be a, one good side benefit, I think. A lot of stuff going on right now. So, um, so you know, um, if you if you make a mistake. Um, 
what happens and where does your head go and where does your art go with it? Um, it depends what it is. Like, I try to let the mistake be <laughs> and grow into something. I, I try that because um, I think that they usually, the mistakes grow into something else. Mm-hmm. You know, how we all do that. And I used to be more of a perfectionist. I'll admit it. I used to tear them all and make, I, this isn't right, this isn't right. And the junk journaling has helped me, even with my writing, to not be such a perfectionist. To just nice. let, let it happen. Let it, you know, create with reckless abandon, like you say. <laughs> just create and let it happen. And don't be so judgmental of it because a perfectionist who generally is judgmental of themselves. And it's it's stopping that judgment of, of myself and going, you know, I'm okay with that. And And a lot of times it turns out some of my best work I think but. I think that's great because even in the name junk journal it almost gives us permission to make a mistake because it's a junk journal you know there's that umbrella right. that name over it which allow it almost it, it lends itself to that I think it's great um, so okay do you, do you take offense to the name junk journal I mean some people don't like to be, it to be called a junk journal at all especially if they're spending a lot of time and uh, their work is very intricate and measured and uh, technical that they prefer to just call it a journal. They just feel like calling it a junk journal is a bad thing. What are your thoughts on that? Well, when I first started doing them, I got to admit I didn't care for the name. I thought junk journal, that makes it sound like. And then when I when I did make um, this for my friend, somebody kept commenting to her and saying, why do you call it a junk journal? It's just nice. <laughs> and it's like, so you had to explain it. But now I'm I'm kind of I I think I've grown into the name now that I understand what a junk journal is, and as I get out there and so I teach a junk journaling class now at the community college and people cool. learn what they are. I think the name fits it. I think it's it's not so much junk like we would think that junk, but more you know one man's junk is another man's treasure kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that kind of of thing more than I, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I get that same feeling, too. I went around the circuit with it. Um, at first, when I was introduced to it, the idea of junk journals, just understanding what they were, helped me grasp that they are made of things that get transformed into other things, and I could see how the junk came in. But then I also got to the point of thinking it was a little insulting to call it a junk journal because it seemed like it was precious, and, and uh, I, I love this little baby, as you will. And uh, <laughs> I call it junk, you know. And um, then um, I noticed how on uh, some YouTube channels that they got rid of the word junk and it just became journal making, uh, journal this, journal that. But then I also thought, I don't know, for some reason I had the same experience after a while, the sting of the word junk started to fade away where I started to see it a bit more as a... Um, I don't know, uh, like it, it, it described the genre or the culture of it or something. It, it honored its roots. I don't know what right, it was. Right, exactly. It doesn't bother me anymore. It's just like, oh, that's what call them. And, right. you know, there's always that big thing of, uh, yeah, you know, what is it? You know, how do you have to describe the junk journal? How do you, if you give it as a gift, do you have to come with this giant explanation of <laughs> right. what it is? Because they're looking at you like you just landed from Mars. No, you just hand it to them and go, here, look at this. It'll explain. Yeah, exactly. So, right. I'm no. leaving now. Bye. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think so the, the junk journaling, um, too, as a community, that, that name 
I've kind of gotten to more of a, I do junk journal, like proud of it, you know, where yeah, I don't do yeah. it as junk. It's more like, I don't know, I guess there's a love for it and that there's a certain group of people that just It becomes endearing, it. right? An right. endearing term, yeah. Well, yeah. it's our connection. We, yeah. we, you know, I can say to you, oh, Pam, I went to the thrift store and I didn't even have to say anymore and you're going to say, oh, not here yet, you know? Right, <laughs> right. I came home with... with our cracker box. <laughs> You know what I mean? We're going to start, you know? Exactly. We're going to make something wonderful out of this cracker box. And uh, I think that's, that's, that's kind of the, neat, the the nostalgic part of it for me. It's this uh, commonality, these tiny little things in, in regular daily life that somehow we create a book. And for me, for some reason, a book has a lot of meaning to it. Um, there was, you know, the you know, scrapbooking before and card making before and a lot of these other uh, crafts before, but there's something, I don't know, there's meaningful, I, you know, and the other I, things are meaningful, but I, for some reason, a book, there's a, like inherent perceived value in a book. I think so. And I think we, we look at books differently, like books travel through time. You know, yeah. we use books as travel, you know, you read to travel someplace else, to study something else. So we know books as um, something that's going to last, something that's going to go into the future. And, and but that's kind of how I see them, where, you know. They're long-lasting, right. I agree. Yes. I agree. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I always thought it was funny how everybody, uh, there seems to be uh, concern, is everything archival, will it last? and uh, this and that and I'm thinking gee you know a lot of these books that I have from the 1800s and early 1900s I wonder how archival they were but they're still here you know yeah Um, a lot of the quality of the papers and everything had to be worse back then than it is now Um, but uh, you know I know all the acid concerns and this and that but I think that a lot of the stuff will survive some of it won't obviously but some will and uh, I think that you know, uh, uh, we can all decide to what degree we're going to get caught up in how archival things will be. To me, it's not a huge issue. When I'm making something, I want to make it for fun and enjoyment and pleasure. And, you know, I don't want to be reading every bottle and label to see if something is archival when I'm making yeah, it. Yeah, I don't I want to have fun. <laughs> I don't worry about that either, to be honest. I um, yeah. just make it out of whatever I make it out of, even when I'm putting in you know papers older papers sometimes the older papers what I'll do is I'll back them with like cardstock or that so that they are you know you get that image but it's yeah you know how they fall apart sometimes yeah yeah depending on how old they are and hopefully I don't we'll do that with ours (laughs) right right I've just my hope is that somebody doesn't pick one of my books up years from now and go what was she thinking you know I think they're going to be amazed, and I think yeah. that there's going to be a lot of curious fingers going through these books many years from now, um, which I think so. is, is just neat. And little travelers so, through time, little yeah. little um, educators through time, yeah. yeah. So. so would you care to share with us, are you working on anything right now? What's on your desk right now? What's on my desk right now is some of your video stuff, yeah. <laughs> as always, oh, and cool. um, I... I I use some of your videos as, um, well, I use all of them as inspiration. Like I'll start on a project just to kind of get primed to get going with something. And I always end up putting it in one of my journals. But um, I have my King Arthur right now is on my desk. And I, I, I posted that one out on the Facebook group. But the other thing that's on my desk is I do the class and I'm going to teach another one. I'm teaching at a local quilt shop too. I buy my fabric there because I, the ones that I make for a class are a little bit different, and I just use quilt fabric. 
Oh, and nice, they don't really nice. decorate the, the front too much. So it's just kind of teaching techniques in that. Oh, very and nice. So that's there, and I'm I'm making a new one. And what I do with that is that's more almost like an idea book. It's, it's uh, where we'll make a pocket, put it in your book, make a tuck, put it in your book, you know, make a book, oh, nice. that kind of thing. And then once we get past all that or get all that and they have their book, then they can do another class of um, if they want to, like, decorate it. Because I hesitate to say teach them how to create because that's yeah. not really what I'm doing. What I'm doing is I'm inspiring them by going, you know, here's where you can take it now. You know, oh, show nice. them the road and they'll take it themselves kind of thing. Sure. You know? Oh, what a yeah. thing. So this is a college class or is it like a, what is it? What kind of class well, is it? There, it's, a, it's attached to the community college. It is a community college class. Not in the sense of like the humanities and that, but it's um, like they a, have an art a adult they have a, style. Yeah, class? exactly. Oh, okay. No credit. Oh, they have an artisan business center here, and I pitched the idea to them, and they picked it up, and so we're doing that. And then the journaling at the quilt shop came about because I buy my fabric there, and we got talking, and she said, "Do you want to teach here?" And I was like, "Sure." So oh, wow. <laughs> that kind of happened. Yeah. Fabulous. Oh. So what is the interest on the outside? Are people, like, how, how big are your classes? How many people are um, interested? Not that big doing? right mm-hmm. now. And especially with the community college, it, you said you teach, so maybe you're familiar with this, but it's, it's kind of a, um, you pitch it and pitch it, and yes. so it takes a little bit. And that's where it's at now. It's in that stages of putting it out there, and some people have an interest. And I'm surprised, though, that I have run across people that will say, yes, I know what junk journaling is. Because oh, cool. for a while, yeah. I couldn't find anybody that seemed to know what I was making. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, <they> so <laughs> right. and I think so you're right. but more more and more people are uh, starting to hear about it and starting to learn about it. And I right. think it's a definite an up and coming strong trend. You know, yeah. Uh, and the have, ladies yeah, that do the quilt at the quilt shop, they're yeah. they find it very similar to their oh. what they do with quilting, piecing oh. things together and putting what they want, just another form. So it's that interesting. You know, yeah. the very first, I would actually say this is probably my, my first exposure to a, uh, or early exposure was, there was a craft show down by the beach where I live, and a woman was selling fabric journals. They were entirely fabric from beginning to end, and they were, um, I don't know, maybe eight or ten pages. The pages were relatively thick, made of fabric, and there were tucks in them, and uh, pockets and and it was they were beautiful and I was so moved and taken by it I bought one and I gave it to my little niece and she was so excited and she immediately ran and stuck her favorite feathers and things like that in the little secret pockets and she had so much fun and mm-hmm. I thought my gosh I wonder if I could learn how to make one of these and um, you know it was at the time where I had not I didn't have a sewing machine or anything and, and uh, you know I'm still you know be kind to me I know all the, the seamstresses out there are, their toes are curling every time I sew because I do everything wrong but somehow I managed to, to get it through the machine <laughs> but um, um, uh, you know the adding the sewing machine has really really opened up the world in uh, junk journals uh, so I'm always trying to encourage people if you've never sewn that I didn't pick up a you know a, a piece of thread or a needle until I was 50 with sewing so yeah my mom used to sew yeah yeah oh and, you're so lucky oh, yeah wow. I used to stand and watch her she would make my clothes and I would watch oh. her so and so that was kind of my first experience I was an observer at first you know observing my dad oh. mixing colors observing my mom you know sewing oh. and I remember the first time I had to be probably about eight 
when I she actually let me on her sewing machine, and it was oh. like, don't touch that tension button. Do not <laughs> touch that. <tension." laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I think back to how they, you know, I got all the jams and all that kind oh, of thing. Yeah. But over time, but you know, thank thank you to my mom <laughs> oh, I know. for I know. allowing me on her sewing machine because um, yeah, I gave it a run for its money, I'd say. And, and for the rest of us who, who don't have a sewing mom, there's YouTube, and there's a YouTube on every single sewing machine out there and how to use it and how to thread that yep. darn machine and the bobbin and all those issues that all of us newbies uh, encounter. So uh, uh, there, there's a way. There's a way. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. So yeah. um, do you have any particular tips for our listeners, maybe some newbies who might be out there just dabbling their fingers into this world? Um, any things you might well, like to share with them? The one tip I would go with be with what my instructor had said about just keep going with what you're doing okay um collect what you can around your house it doesn't have to be we all have stuff we have cards we have you know books we have and just be nice to yourself i guess is the thing just go ahead and make what you feel like making and don't judge it and don't worry about other people judging it and you're always going to have uh this is another I learned a lot I guess in design school because I had another instructor who said he used to stand in front of the room and he'd say look at this painting and he'd look at it and he'd go some people think this is ugly and he turned around and he says but we don't care what they think because they didn't paint it Ah, (laughs) it's like if you take the effort and you're doing it and you like it and you know other people are going to like it too there's always going to be somebody who doesn't and I shouldn't say you know don't care about that but don't don't get wrapped up in that let enjoy what you're doing and that should be good enough and and people will like it i guarantee you know I, yeah i think you put that well I, i'm always so sad for all the art that never gets created because somebody got uh dismayed or thrown off their you know their mojo trend because of right. uh, that feeling so if you know if there's anything that we can do to encourage people to uh, and i love to hear what you're doing with the classes and that how wonderful that you know you're bringing that to your community and just spreading the the, the, the fever, you know. I, I love to teach because people really do it themselves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just kind of show up and go, we're going to do this. And they, they honestly take off on their own and and start creating and everybody's happy and we and order lunch. and It yeah. is. Yeah, it I is. It's because it's, yeah. it's kind of that same thing that I was saying about my writing students. It's just kind of removing that you know, there's a right way to do this. It's like, yeah. no, there's the right way to do it is to just do it and do what you want to do and, and see what you come up with. Well, you so. sure have the right attitude. And I bet you're an amazing teacher out there. So thank you for doing what you do, Judy. And thank um, you. Um, can you share with our folks, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? And um, can you please also spell out the name of your contact so everybody has the correct spelling? Because I want to make sure I have it. Okay. I right now I'm only on Instagram and I just kind of started that. I haven't been out on line too much. I do a lot locally, but I'm at eclectic dot journals, which is e c l e c t i c dot j o u r n a l s. Right. So 
on on uh, Instagram. That's where you'll find me. That's Usually awesome. posting stuff I've copied from you. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, and I love to see how you run with it, you know, because you always make it your own, as you say, which is uh, um, that that's fantastic, and that's how this craft grows. You know, we learn from right. each other, and we pick up an idea here or there. We we rebuild the mouth trap, and we're off and running. So uh, here's here's one. If I can give a parting thing, it's kind of, I'm stealing these from my instructors, you know. So <laughs> though these sound like it. wisdom, they're not mine. <laughs> they're not my wisdom. I just absorb them. Go for it. But he used to make us, for our furniture history class, he used to make us trace like old furniture, you know, the, the way they used to do cloth woods and all different kinds of um, oh, cool. uh, different furniture. And we asked him, why are you making us trace this? It seemed kind of silly, you know? And he said, because the more you trace it, the more you copy it, the more you'll remember it. And that's oh. kind of how, like when I say copy years, if you start with a bookmark and you do exactly what you're doing and then you go off on and you'll find your own way so yeah. it's okay to go out and do exactly try to do exactly what the other person and then find your way to you know so, so true yeah yeah i always so. thought if somebody sat down and tried to replicate a journal i made it would never come out exactly the same but no. how they tried to make it exactly the same so it doesn't matter like there's there's there, I, I think it's just a, a beautiful launching pad for people to, to go exactly. from. And like you said, their own way will come out. And that's what that's yep. where the glory is, you know, the joy in finding your own self. And it does. It. Yeah. it does. It just always kind of gets, well, it's going to. And then that's the fun part when you step back and you go, I did that. Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much, Judy, for spending this time with us, for sharing all your thoughts and your ideas and what it's like out there in the trenches as a teacher, as a journal maker, a junk journal maker, and a proud one. <laughs> I love that. Um, really, thanks for uh, being here with us. So, Oliver, thanks uh, so much for having me. This was fun, and I, I enjoyed talking about junk journals and knowing that there's so many other people out there that are doing them. I think it's great. I think we're a great community. Uh, no, me too, Judy. Thanks so much. And Take care, everyone. Have an awesome day. And make sure to remember that fun can be simple and create with reckless abandon. Bye-bye, everyone. Until next time, from me and Judy. Bye-bye.